Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the JB Motorsports podcast. Originally, we were supposed to be on after the Mexico City E-Prix that kicked off the Formula E season, but Motorsport has other ideas and exactly what the podcast is designed to do. We have breaking news to talk about. It's been an eventful 48 hours since the last podcast went out. Gunter Steiner has been kicked out of Haas as team principal in Formula One. We've got Mahindra dropping AI ambassadors left, right and centre. And as quickly as they were announced, they were got rid of. We've got drivers changing over teams into different series. And we've even had the unthinkable happen as well, uh, where we've had a driver's energy drink company uh, go under due to pretty much dangerous toxins as well. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the second episode of the JB Motorsports podcast. And alongside me, Joshua Birch, today is Jess Ball, who's head of commentary at PSGL and part of the Red Bull Esports Academy. And Josh T, who's our pit reporter and British touring car commentator on JB Motorsports as well. Good evening to you both at the time of recording. Uh, Jess, starting with you. Nice to have you back. And uh, how was Christmas? Christmas was a lot of fun, a lot of family went round and it was just nice to have a break from commentary. I also had my birthday a couple of days ago in, in the time of recording and that was fun as well. I, I ate too much on my birthday, not gonna lie. I just got back into the swing of things with commentary and work and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to get going again on JB Motorsports and lots of other series we're going to cover. And first full season of F1 Academy, which I'm excited to cover on the channel too. And Obviously, with the likes of F1, F2, F3, IndyCar, and the mind, just re- re- really excited. And the f- first time I'm on the podcast as well, so can't wait. Pleasure to have you, and happy birthday for the other day. I know I did, we did all send messages, but you've got to say it on the podcast. Josh T, back with us once again, one of the founding team members here, actually, as well, entering season five, uh, working together now, uh, which is just insane to think about. But uh, how have you been, Josh? Have you had a good Christmas? I know you were very busy building uh, McLaren cars out there. Uh, yeah, it is an absolute beast. But uh, yeah, hello, hello. There might um, there might be a McLaren Extreme me over there, but we won't we we won't talk about that because I'll go down to the deep rabbit hole of Lego. But back, I have returned. Uh, it's been a while, hasn't it? It, it has. feels just like yesterday, where I just appeared as a guest, and I you, you weren't able to get rid of me. So yeah. Uh, but uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, year. Uh, more, more, more series being covered. We're bringing in the Rolex Twenty Four as well, which will definitely be interesting. Which will I be able to stay up for the whole twenty four hours? We won't talk about last year at Le Mans. Yeah, last year at Le Mans, where we, me and Omi were doing the graveyard shift, and about for what was it, an hour or so, we were going. Is Josh there? He's in the box, but he'd fallen asleep at the mic, which is. Yes. Uh, which was hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Okay, let's get into the, the first uh, story, which uh, kind of shocked everybody. Uh, the people in the know knew way before. We found out 20 minutes before the announcement, and also panic came in. Gunter Steiner has left the Haas F1 team as team principal, the role he's had since the team came in back in 2016. Uh, he's been replaced by Ayo Kamamatsu, who has been race engineer for Roman Grosjean and Vitaly Petrov and so many other drivers across the years in Formula One. He's been head of the 
director of engineering at Haas since 2016. He's been on the pit wall as well since 2020. He has now taken over as team principal as Gene Haas has gone for a more uh, engineering-led approach. But uh, Jess, starting with you on this one, Gunter Steiner was kind of the main reason that Haas F1 have sort of been around uh, for the past uh, certainly four years at least. Sponsorship deals have sort of been his key factor. Gene Haas didn't want to put any of his own money in. So is it quite surprising that they've the pair have sort of fallen out already or was it sort of riding on the wall for a couple of years now? I think it's not surprising that Steiner has left the team, but it is surprising about the timing because we do not have that long until the start of the season. So not enough time for the new team principal to get used to the team. Even though we people kind of like Gucci Steiner with his uh, um, the unlikely fame on Drive to Survive with his uh, rants and everything, but the funny comedy and rants are not going to get you podiums or championships and stuff like that. And last season has not been the best season for them. I mean, they were, I think, 8th or ninth going into the summer break. Alpha Tower and Alpha Tauri was right below them and Alpha Romeo as well. Alpha Tauri got there, um, well, they, they got into gear towards the end of the season with Ricardo and Lawson scoring some good points. Sonoda scoring some decent points towards the end there as well. Williams having their best season in the world, finishing seventh in the Constructors. And then we have House having one of their second worst seasons on record as well. And that's just not good for the team. It's not going to be good financially. And I think it was just inevitable for Steiner really it is it's a shame because I like his personality but I think it, I think I think it was the right time to go but it, but I think it, they should have told like the team a lot sooner so they would have planned a bit more personally because I think it was a bit too late notice until the start of the season for everyone to know about Steiner leaving Haas and Josh, this leaves a, a massive sort of hole in the market because Gene Haas famously hasn't really been investing in his own Formula One team. He seems to be liking the idea of having it without putting any of his own uh, cash in. So the team have had some dodgy sponsors over the years, including, of course, Rich Energy. And more recently, we've had Nikita Mazepin's family as well with uh, Ukulari coming in and all that drama. It's all really been down to Gunter Steiner. So coming into it, do you see Haas surviving in Formula 1 going forward with sort of the man who did the deals and got the money for the team? Are they going to survive? Or, as many people are suggesting, and Jess, we'll link back to you on this one as well, should Gene Haas just sell the team to Michael Andretti, who wants to come into Formula 1, but is holding nothing but uh, getting aggravation from everybody else in the team saying, well, we don't want to cut the pie for an 11th slice. We're happy with the perfect 10. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a little bit of a chaotic past 24 hours and uh, definitely someone or someone or a couple of people at Netflix have uh, been uh, trying back to the drawing board, trying to work out. Gene is definitely going to have to uh, put some money back into the team now uh, for the first time. Let's. Uh, I don't think he's put any money in, to be fair. Uh, no phone calls between the two and uh, no door smashing uh, <laughs> unless if it's good for going back to the Hass HQ in protest. 
I really like that. But yeah, uh, Jess, do you reckon you should just sell the team, Gene House, and sell it to Michael Andretti? Is that sort of something that we're going to see going forward? Because I don't think personally that House is going to make it another season or two without A, more money from the Constructors' Championship pot, finish 10th uh, again, and B, Gene House is as well, let's say if there was a round of drinks, he'd be the one that when it gets to his turn, he's announced he's going home for the night. Well, if Gene Haas wants a round of drinks, he should get some rich energy because that was Haas' sponsor back in the day. <laughs> Only joking. I mean, Andretti has been, I think, a really big successful team in motorsport. Obviously, IndyCar... Formula E and more, most recently Extreme E as well. They've, they've done very well in those three series. But has the American team in Formula One has not done as well. Formula One needs a successful American team because the main reason why, no offense, the main reason why some of the Americans have got into Formula One is because of Drive to Survive and it's because of Goodyear Steiner and the Haas F1 team. So they need a successful American F1 team that they can cheer on and if has to keep on like this then unfortunately Gene Haas will have to sell it to the likes of Andretti and don't forget of course we've got Audi coming up in 2026 as well that's going to be I think a big investment as well so I think it has just got to get their act to get together really they, they had the least money but they've got to do better than, than last because otherwise Andretti just going to come in and say you know what we're here. We 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 have more money, and uh, we can invest on some great things in the team. I want um, has to be like they were in like 2018 or something when they finished fifth. Mm. So, yeah. So, I mean, fingers crossed that they can they can now progress forward. But this first year is very much going to be a transition of power. The team already losing over control. We don't know how much uh, we're going to see uh, from Komamatsu going into 2024. He's head of he's director of engineering, so he's developed the new car. But as team principal, uh, to control Nico Hulkenberg and Kevin Magnussen, especially, uh, is going to be quite an interesting factor. Right, got a statement here from Gene Haas as well. Uh, it's up on the screen if you're watching this one on YouTube and Twitch. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Amazon Music, or uh, Apple Podcasts, well, this is what it says. I'd like to start by extending my thanks to Gunter Steiner for all his hard work over the past decade, and I wish him well for the future. Moving forward as an organisation, it was clear we need to improve our on-track performances. In appointing Ayo Kamatsu as team principal, we fundamentally have engineering at the heart of our management. And it's actually a great point, Jess, because last year, we mentioned it several times, Haas were great in qualifying. Uh, Magnussen uh, was getting into Q3 every now and then, but Hulkenberg was sort of always inside the top 10 in the Q3 shootouts. They did especially well on sprint weekends, but then they always fell back during the Grand Prix. You were in the commentary box with us in Baku. I know you might have to uh, get your memory out for that one, but they did the real unusual thing with Hulkenberg was he started inside the top 10 for the main Grand Prix, didn't pit, and ended up 19th in the, in the Grand Prix yeah. and not in anything so it's it, is it really the team principal's fault for the way the team have fallen back on the Sunday or is it more down to the fact that he was in charge and just didn't really do anything other than try and get money for the team and on some reports as well wasn't very nice to other team members do you reckon it, he has to be blamed for everything or is this sort of a, a long deep rooted issue for Haas 
I think it's been an issue that's been going on for a while, but it's kind of like football. If if your team doesn't do well, you've got to blame the person in charge because they're the ones who make all, all the decisions and even then may be certain like strategies, engineers that make decisions on certain elements. If they don't do well, then the principal obviously will, will say, right, you're gone. But if the, if the team principal's not doing anything about it, then it's down to team principal. They're losing a lot of money. They're only going to have $20 million extra going into the next season. That is not a lot of money at all to be invested by the team. Whereas we have teams like Williams, Alphatow and Alfa Romeo that are going to have a lot more than them. I think one thing that let them down last year was in Austin, Texas. They were meant to have a big upgrade package. Well, they did. It didn't go well. So I can't remember who, which car it was. One of the drivers was Nico Hulkenberg. Had to revert to the old spec, which turned out to be faster. And I just don't get why Good Designer did not see that beforehand in the simulations and stuff like that. There's certain teams where we saw the upgrades working, but for Haas, it was just not working as they should have. So maybe they haven't had enough time to test all these new parts, probably because they just don't have the money and they don't have, have the the um, the investment in a way. I just don't, I just I just don't think their their partnership was working and I'm really interested to see how this new team principal is going to do. He's been in the sport for a long time. I think he was engineer for Roman Grosjean mm. at one point. He has the experience track side so he knows what he, he, he's doing. He can look after certain elements of the business. Um, I believe he's been in many other teams as well as, as well as Haas. Like he, he's, he's done like race strategy and stuff like that. I really do hope that Haas can see, right, Williams have done it in a similar way. So has McLaren. They've Both of those teams have done well last year. Maybe bringing someone who has been in the team for a while in a senior role to a top role can make a difference. And if that, that doesn't make a difference, I'm sorry, Haas is going to be out the door by the end of 2025 and Andretti's going to be saying, hello, I'm here. That's a bold statement. And, you know, I don't disagree with you one bit, Jess, as well. I reckon that, that we could see Haas gone and Andretti replace them quite quickly. Right, you mentioned about a perfect segue for Ayo Kamamatsu as well. Uh, he's been in Formula 1 for a long, long time. 2003, he joined. He was the F1 tyre engineer at uh, BAR, British American Racing, of course. Uh, in 2006, he was performance engineer at Renault. Uh, in 2011, he was race engineer at Renault for Vitaly Petrov and Roman Grosjean, as I mentioned earlier on uh, in the show 2015 he was chief race, race engineer at Lotus F1 when that was just Renault when it turned into Lotus again not the Lotus Caterham era whole different kettle of fish that one that's another podcast as well 2016 he became the trackside engineering director at Haas F1 and then 2024 he's become the team principal as well but Josh quick question for you on this one uh, before we read out what he had to say in his, in his statement um, it's quite worrying when a director of engineering with a Ferrari engine gets promoted up to being team principal. I mean, Matteo Bonotto didn't do very well, and uh, it's quite ironic, really, that we've got Matteo Bonotto and Gunter Steiner in that Drive to Survive episode driving through a wine vineyard. They can now do that together. <laughs> They're both on the unemployment list. But uh, his job, Steiner's job, has been taken by somebody who held the same role as Matteo Bonotto. Uh, so can we really expect um, Kamatsu to do a better job 
going forward, considering past records. Misha Council-born as well. Another one who was director of engineering that turned into team principal didn't work out. Um, Colin Collis as well, listing off several others. It's a bad pattern, and I feel it's going to be repeated. Are you feeling anywhere positive? Yeah, well, I've seen a couple of uh, polls on, well, X, but it's Twitter, we all know. It's Twitter. It's, Twitter. Uh, it's yeah, it's Twitter. Uh, the, and some most of the polls are 80%. They're not going to do better mm. than what they did this year compared to 20%. And I've got a list here of every single year where Haas ended up in the Ooh. Constructors' Championship. 2016, eighth with 29 points. 2017, eighth with 47 points. And then the big year, 2018, fifth with 93 points. Ninth with 28 points in 2019. Ninth again, but with only three points in 2020. Then we don't... Uh, don't talk, talk about, about 2022. We, yeah, yeah. Or 2021, the year, we, the year they got zero points. We don't talk about 2021, 10th, no points at all. Uh, yeah, the 2022, 8, 37 points, and then this year, 10th with 12 points. Will they get more than 12 points this year? We'll, we will have to see. I don't think so. I don't either, to be fair. Uh, they ended last year with one of the slowest cars on the grid. Um, and I thought McLaren were going to have a difficult year. They bounced back incredibly quickly. So they've got the funds, though. But well, we'll see. This is what Amo Kamatsu had to say. Once again, if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch, you can see the statement. If you're listening to us on a podcast app, I'll read it out to you. Amo Kamatsu says, I'm naturally very excited to have the opportunity to be team principal at MoneyGram Haas F1 team. Having been with the team since its track debut back in 2016, I'm obviously passionately invested in its success in Formula One. I'm looking forward to leading our programme and the various competitive operations internally to ensure we can build a structure that produces uh, improved on-track performances. Very interesting comments as well from Kamamatsu, our new team principal at Haas F1. Now, yesterday in the Grid Tonight show uh, with myself, Kobe Lambeth and Matt, uh, we were discussing exactly what the ramifications could be for Haas and were they or not stunned that he has left the team. This is what they had to say. Are you stunned, Kobe, by Haas moving on from Gunter And what does this move mean for the future of the team? Yeah, I, w I was absolutely floored to see to see this news. With, I know there were a lot of rumors uh, going, going around leading up to this announcement. And Josh, you were the first one who brought this to all of our attentions this morning about, about the rumors that Dunther Steiner was going to be at it. And at first, I was like, no way. I said, this has got to be a silly rumor. You know, he's going to be there at the start of the 2024 F1 season. And then at, at noon Eastern time, like right on the dot, we get the news that Gunther Steiner is out as team principal at Haas F1. So yeah, it was, it was a really shocking decision. I, I, I didn't expect to see anything like this, but, 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 but Gene Haas felt like he needed a change to improve his organization. And, and that's the move he, he decided to make. And I know if, if you're a fan of American football, you, you may know black Mondays happening this week in the NFL with lots of head coaches, general managers, assistant coaches, coordinators getting fired and all of that. When you look at the team principal, the team principal is basically the head coach of the Formula One team. And at the end of the day, when your team is not performing, you know, they need to hold someone accountable. And a lot of the times it's the head coach who gets held accountable. And if you look at 
Haas F1's performance and the especially in the constructors championship that they they really haven't been competitive and 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 last year was not a good year at all for Haas in the in, in the constructors championship so at at some point you're going to you're going to need to look in the mirror and say what do I need to do to it to improve my organization it seems like Haas felt that they needed to they need to have a new voice in their locker room at Haas F1. They needed they needed to have a new direction, a new vision. And and while I really like Gunther Steiner and think he's he's quite the character, being popular and Drive to Survive doesn't score your points in Formula One. It it, it doesn't win your races. It's not going to win your world championships. It's not going to win your constructors championship. So in situations like this, you just really have to do a full evaluation. And if you think a change needs to be made, you you, you need to go ahead and make it. And as far as the future of Haas F1, I'm not I'm not sure what what the future lies here, but. Uh, well, as we've seen with the other team principal changes, we've known those months ahead of time, so so you could all prepare for this. But this comes really late, unless unless Haas already knew they were gonna move on from Steiner earlier, and you know just decided to make it official after the new year. But according to that article you referenced with Luke Smith from the Athletic, Smith said that they made this decision right after Christmas that they were gonna move on. So the transition is happening way later compared to all of the other changes that we've seen. In, in leadership across across these F1 teams, it's certainly going to be an interesting story, 2024, and see if the change is 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 going to be a positive one for Haas F1. Not the only change at Haas, of course, today with Simone Resta, the technical director, also leaving. And he looks like he's on his way back to Ferrari. Uh, a couple of points on this. Um, congratulations to Komatsu because he's been in Formula One a long time, and now he's finally got himself at the top table. He's been he was Roman Grosjean's race engineer for quite some time. Uh, the beginning of the Haas era and has worked his way up to the top. So let's hope that they can change the fortunes of the team, et cetera, et cetera, and then bring them back up the, the Constructors' Championship. Uh, point two, as brought up by Alex before, and Ben was onto this, Ben Schneider was onto this way early, that this surely now is the catalyst for uh, Gene if this continues. Jane, Jane, sorry, uh, the catalyst for this to uh, change now uh his involvement in the sport and michael andretti be on the phone to him and go if you're going to go out ring me first please uh with all the andretti saga that's been going on that we've reported on this show multiple times it's a shame for gunter but this does really smack of poor management that they've had to change this so late on you mentioned kobe black monday that you know the, the basically the monday after abu dhabi basically in an nfl world we're six weeks away from the first grand prix six weeks just this should have, and you mentioned it probably was done before and seems like it's been done before christmas hashtag sell the team says uh ben but it just no time at all and of course we've talked endlessly about the extension to the f1 calendar over the last few years there is no time for messing about now you've got to get things done and get it done early and i just feel like this is not helping Haas. Uh, already you know they had that big upgrade that did nothing for them last year and they were cut adrift towards the end of the season and i feel like they're going to be cut adrift all of this yeah. coming season in 2024 with this raft of changes that have been announced today 
So that was what Kobe and Matt thought. You can listen to the Grid Tonight show. It will be available on their YouTube channel uh, at Grid Network as well. And we'll be hearing throughout them uh, for the entire season. Now, another person we're going to hear from now via We Are The Race's TikTok account is Roman Grosjean. It's IndyCar Content Day, which is like an F1 media day, uh, but on steroids, literally. Everyone's out there doing insane things for the entire season. And Roman Grosjean was asked a question about what he thinks about what is happening in Haas right now. Roman, I just wondered if you had any reaction to uh, what was going on at, uh, at uh, Haas today. Um, with your former engineer and uh, and Gunther, um, yeah, I um, I saw the news as as most of us. I'm a very uh, very happy for Yokomatsu. His first award is a, a very good friend of mine. I've competed every of my 181 companies in Formula One with him working on my car and somehow. So um, you know, these kids are the same age as my kids, so we've been very good friends. I'm I'm excited for him. It's a it's a huge challenge in front of him, but um, I'm excited for him. I don't know what happened, you know. I don't know more details than you do. Um, I, I wish Gunter all the best in the next in the next chapter. He's, he's definitely a man that's got uh, uh, a lot of ideas and, and things to do. But um, for me, the main thing is very happy for IO. For those of you listening as well, uh, you didn't notice the eye roll at the start for Roman Grosjean when he was asked that question. Uh, starting with you, Jess, and then we'll uh, pass over to you, Josh, as well. With Komamatsu back as team principal in a Kamani world, do you think there is in any way a chance that Roman Grosjean could return to Haas F1 in the near future? Um, as much as I like Roman Grosjean, I think his days in F1 are numbered. I don't think he's going to get that much of a chance, to be honest. I think he hasn't had that much successful season in Formula 1. It may be down to the car, most likely. And I just don't think he would want to go through what he wants to go through. But it, 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 I think if Haas want to be a successful team, they've got to bring someone with ex- they've got to bring someone with experience. So I think I'm not going to rule out Grosjean coming, but I think it's going to be very, very unlikely. And but I think he'll be in a more supportive environment with his new team principal because he's been his engineer before. They had a good relationship. So maybe they, they, the the team principal would get a bit more energy and performance in Grosjean more than anything. I, I I don't know. But if Grosjean comes in, who will they replace? Will they get Grosjean and Magnussen again? I don't know. But I think... I, I, I'm not ruling it out. I just think it's very, very unlikely at this stage. Josh T? Uh, yeah. <sighs> Grosjean back to F1. To be fair, it is... For Formula One, anything can and does happen. But as Jeff said, I don't think so. But then again, Grosjean's an experienced driver. He he jumped out of a fireball in the. In we a don't want to talk about snicker. that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was insane. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's he may come back. It is F1. Anything can happen. But. He has got a seat in IndyCar, and I think if he develops an IndyCar, he can do pretty well. 
Speaking of things that will never come back, the shortest AI thing we've ever experienced in motorsport, literally less than 36 hours uh, since it was announced. It was announced when we were recording the last podcast as well on Tuesday. Uh, by the time it was out on Wednesday, it was already over. So we're recording this now on Thursday, uh, the 11th of January, and it's been announced that Mahindra, who had a brand new sort of AI device... Uh, it's a really weird thing as well because it it wasn't real. It was caught. It was a, it was this AI partnership with somebody called Ava Rose, uh, which was becoming an artificial intelligence ambassador. So she wasn't even a real person, and it was done so that they could save money instead of hiring real ambassadors to represent it. But the backlash online has been massive. And as soon as they landed and, you know, switched the phones off airplane mode so she could reboot, um, they sacked her. So this idea has gone. And in a quote, it says, Mahindra creating an AI ambassador that is a woman instead of simply hiring, hiring a real one uh, to fill a role is so incredibly messed up, which is a PR consultant in motorsport as well, uh, from Devin Altry as well. Jess, we've always said about more diversity in motorsport as well. There's an opportunity here in Formula E of series that's literally promoting renewable energy, promoting diversity, for them to just create an AI influence as well, which I understand it had a female face but was being run by a man, to completely bypass even considering having a female is not correct in this generation. It wasn't correct in the first place, but what's your take on it as well? And is it... Is it a problem that's still faced these days as well, that no matter who you are or what you do, there are still barriers to just wanting to do the, the job you love? When I saw the news that they were going to bring an AI ambassador, I just thought it was awful. I mean, there were so many female influencers or even male influencers that they could bring up that are enthusiastic about the sport, that they can promote the team maybe 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 they bought the ai because they think they think it's gonna save them money in in the long run but i currently work in the job where we want some we want some people to communicate to people that are authentic is relatable to them and if they can't relate to that person then how how are they gonna get into motorsport in, in the first place as well. It's hard enough as it is for women, especially people on the LGBTQ+, especially, to get into motorsport. We've seen how people with transgender, how they struggle to get into motorsport recently, that something needs to be done. And I know F1 Academy is doing a brilliant job to get more women in, into that space. But in terms of the the side outside of like the driving and stuff, more should be done to be like, you know what, there's more than just driving, there's the marketing side, there's even the engineering side, there's even running the team, like with um, oh, Claire Williams as mm. well, um, in um, when she was deputy team principal with the late Frank Williams, rest in peace. Um, so yeah, I think I, I, th I think it just more needs to be done to make it authentic for women to to join because it is hard enough as it is without being judged 
by some people. Generally, though, when I do when I do motorsport, I don't get judged that often because I enjoy it. I think more needs to be done. It's not it's not just about the gender or your background or your race or where you come from. As long as you enjoy it, everyone should learn to respect people's opinions and uh, and enjoy motorsport. And then if they get stuck on it, then they should get help. I agree. They do need help. And I'll tell you one thing as well. <laughs> I've told you about this, Jess, uh, over our chats over Christmas. One thing I've always wanted with this channel is to have more diversity involved. And I'm delighted yep. to say that this year there are more female members joining the team because they are amazing at what they do. They are the top spoiler tier. Alert. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. But they are top tier at what they do. And they are amazing journalists and so much fun to talk to. I cannot wait for them to be in the commentary box this year. And also, uh, there's going to be a few more people joining the commentary box. I'm not. I'm keeping strum about because uh, they haven't yet signed the dotted line. But there is going to be a lot more diverse voices on this channel which i absolutely love because as i say in the byline of this uh channel and podcast this is run by fans for fans and everybody is welcome hands down so no matter who you are what you do everyone's welcome we're global we are we are and uh bring on that i want to talk with josh t for a second on on uh, this matter uh with I, do, I did worry because you're very much into artificial intelligence technologies as well with the space uh, programs as well, Teslas as well. You're very much your area of things as well. Is it a, a worry that there is so many jobs now being taken over with artificial intelligence in motorsports? How long is it going to be until we have sort of, you know, like the, the written online journalist piece is gone um, being done by something like ChatGTP, whatever it's called. <laughs> is it a problem where AI is going a little bit too far? And this is a question I've asked for you because you're very technical. You're very technical with that. You're our tech expert. Well, the whole Mahindra thing, to put it lightly, it's a bit of a mess. Uh, yeah, why they even came up with this in the first place and the quote and the release that Mahindra did, which no doubt Josh will get onto later on in the podcast, uh, was a little bit of a mess as well. But uh, it doesn't really explain stuff. But uh, yeah, this shouldn't have even happened. And yes, we are going into a place of more stuff with a... A AI, there's, you just look around and you see a AI, there's places where, which you will probably be able to work out what I'm talking about mm. with what I'm about to say, but brands, we're not allowed to mention a name, where you go in and you don't talk to a person to order, you uh, go up to a computer screen and order, and that's becoming a lot more cop common in a lot of places. And, yeah, it's getting a little bit much, but uh, going on to the space thing, I'm I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole because we'll be here uh, <laughs> Ages. for a couple more hours, yeah. But, yeah, it's getting a bit of a mess, and if it keeps going down like this, well, yeah. 
Robo race. That's all that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that that mess. That Lucas Degrassi is still flogging a dead horse. Uh, if, if we could say that, that's that's. Can we say flogging a dead horse? Is that still what I was saying? I'm not even sure. Random. Okay, moving on to our next story, which um, some of the Green Network team have actually drank this product and are still drinking this product as well, and uh, uh, we might be having to uh, get rid of them sooner or later, having stomachs pumped. Uh, Kyle Busch, who is a very famous NASCAR driver, for those of you who don't know, well, you must know because you're commentating on this podcast with us, uh, but we're covering NASCAR this year, and it was announced that the uh, 25 driver has had to shut down his energy drink, which is Rowdy Nation. Now, he's released a statement. It's on your screen now if you're watching along with us. If you're listening, I'll read it out to you. This is what Kyle Busch has actually said. In 2020, I wanted to create a better-for-you, all-natural energy drink that had great taste, so I launched Rowdy Energy. I'm really proud of our efforts and appreciate all the investors that stood behind me to help make my dream become a reality. We had quick success getting into 50,000 doors in just two short years, thanks in part to the relationships I've been lucky enough to build during my years in racing. From its start, there's no doubt that the popularity and success of Rowdy Energy was due to each of you. I cannot thank you enough for your support from posts on social media to telling me in person to seeing it in your hands at racetracks. That has meant a lot to me and I'm forever grateful. But unfortunately, I'm here to say that Rowdy Energy will be ceasing operations and closing its doors in the coming weeks. Like many other new consumer brands, the headwinds have proven to be too strong and it makes the most sense to end the journey so I can remain focused on my family and my racing career. While the news is sad to announce, I'll always appreciate what I learned along the way. It was a fun ride and only fueled my passion for better for you energy drinks now that's what he said and then this turned up which was a notice of violation of california health and safety code as well uh, on december the 5th 2023 which listed that the rowdy energy drink uh, power burn pink lemonade energy drink contained lead the watermelon uh, contained lead and mercury, the mango dragon fruit contained lead, and the pineapple passion fruit contained lead as well. And uh, that was what was found in the drinks. And there is further legal evidence as well uh, that is going about it that is just being in the works. So we're sort of the first to sort of cover this news story in full. Uh, But another energy drinks company... In motorsport, not entirely on the nose, I think. So, uh, Jess, starting with you on this one, um, it's just toxic. I mean, this is quite a, a bizarre story to have these. I mean, lead's found in anything. I mean, a bottle of water can have trace elements of lead in it as well, but mercury uh, is certainly uh, very, very dangerous and deadly. Could uh, we be seeing a bit of trouble for uh, Kyle in the running order of things? I think we can, because I think the reason why he pulled it, I think, was disguise. I think the reason why he pulled it was he doesn't want to get into any more trouble with the energy company by bringing out more products that could contain that. But did he know about that? I think he should have. And I think there could be some legal implications and as you were saying we've had 
bad situations of sponsors in the past, especially in energy drinks like Rich Energy. I'm bringing that up again. That didn't go down well, but I do love the memes that come in my X slash Twitter feed from time to time saying Rich Energy could come back, but that never materialised, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, it's a good thing. We know how Rocket didn't go um, according to plan for Williams as well, yeah. with they still have financial implications there. Yeah, I, I, I think there still could be some legal issues, and I think Kyle is pretty much on the brink of possibly being sued, and with him seizing operations, he thinks he's going to get away with it and get into less trouble, but I think because of that, he's going to get into even more trouble. Mm. I agree, because uh, in December, the letter I just read out, the the Attorney General for the state of California filed a 60-day notice uh, alleging the company violated uh, violations of California's Safe Drinking Water and Toxic Enforcement Act of 1986 by selling its energy drinks in the state with unacceptable uh, levels of lead and lead compounds and mercury, slash mercury compounds as well. So it is not that great. And shutting down the, comp- the company, as you say, may not free him from pending uh, litigation. So, Josh... It could be that the two-time NASCAR Cup Series champion may face a custodial sentence and have to go to prison. That's certainly something that uh, I think deserves a bit higher talking point. A driver could be sent to prison for poisoning people, effectively. Uh, Yeah, this isn't going to end well, is it? And uh, Well, something tells me... uh, this isn't. This isn't. This is the first time that this is gonna. Ha- this is happening, to my memory. But this isn't gonna be the last. Uh, you might. No. You might work out what I'm talking about. Uh, but uh, yeah, this definitely isn't good. But uh, yeah, stopping the company has definitely raised more suspicion. There's nothing really to say about it. It's just speechless. Yeah, there's not. Tell you what, though. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm Carl Bush. I'm a multi NASCAR champion. Let's just go and poison some people. And it's not even an Eminem. I can't I can't believe it as well. The, the man with the with the Eminems on his car. Uh, no more. Uh, but yeah, just a quick thing on this as well. We will be covering this story as it develops uh, across the podcast and on the Grid Network shows as well because it's a very big topic. And certainly we'll be talking about it during the practice sessions for the Daytona 500 uh, coming up next month. Okay, uh, moving on to our closing stories, and it's sort of just a um, who's moved around and who's changed, because to start with, Santino Ferrucci, we mentioned on the show briefly the other night, he has remained with the AJ Foyt Racing uh, number 14, uh, the Sexton Properties Chevrolet. Uh, He expects to come out of the gate more prepared than what he was last year, and hopes the new technical alliance between Team Penske and AJ Foyt uh, will be a lot smoother of running and he's also looking forward to his sixth consecutive Indy 500 top 10 finish as well now we've already mentioned that his teammate is going to be Stingray Rob but AJ Foyt has also announced that they're not uh, going to be running a third car so Benjamin Pedersen even though he has signed looks like he's not going to be in the team next year so Jess starting with you Pedersen kicked out to put Ferrucci in and Stingray Rob it's not really great but Last year, Benjamin Pedersen didn't make the greatest of seasons, so 
Uh, what's your take on this uh, mess? Well, I think Frucci is a really good asset to the team. However, with Benjamin being promised a seat and him not getting one, not getting funded one, is just it's just absolutely ridiculous, to, to tell you the truth. I think we've had many situations in motorsport when people have been promised a seat and then they haven't got one. I can't really name names, to be honest, but I've seen loads of documentaries mm. and stuff. But Ferrucci almost won the IndyCar. He is a he is a great talent, so I can't wait to see what he can do with Stingray Rob. Stingray, even Stingray Rob has improved a little bit. But I think Benjamin is not done as well as those two anyway. So if they had to pick a driver to, to get rid of, it had, to, it had to be him. But it shouldn't have been in this way. I think they should have found another driver and then Benjamin would have been coped a lot better with the announcement. But now because they're not funding another another team member in the team i think it's just ridiculous and there could be some legal implications not the first time yeah. i said that on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of legal implications tonight as well uh, before we get into anything else about uh, driver changes as well uh, breaking news breaking news yeah josh t will be the first to report this josh t you've got it what's happening with uh prima yeah so literally nine minutes ago from when we have uh, called him. This was posted. Uh, Framer Racing is considering an expansion into the US with an IndyCar series program, which <sighs> will definitely be interesting because they are known for their open wheel uh, su- success, but they're also known for, of course, in World Endurance with LMP2. But, uh, Josh. Uh, we'll go to you first. Prima in IndyCar? I know. I mean, it's, I'm reading all their lists as well. It's quite weird because Prima's mainly the Ferrari Driver Academy team. It's basically the, yeah. the junior series Ferrari. So for them to go over there, it's quite a statement to the rumour that we were hearing that Ferrari were looking at joining IndyCar as an engine manufacturer and, as well, the news that Honda might be leaving IndyCar to make it a Chevrolet-only engine supplier series... To now have Prima coming in, to me, feels like Prima's testing the water for Ferrari, and whether they come in full-time and have Ferrari engines. I think if this is true, uh, that... Wait, it's in it's a press release as well. This is going to be a very big tune around because it all goes back to that, that story back in the 1980s where... Ferrari threatened, uh, you know, Enzo Ferrari threatened to leave Formula One unless he got a veto in. And he made Fiorana build an IndyCar for Ferrari. They they built it up and they sent it out on the track when everyone from, you know, Bernie Eccleston and uh, Jean-Marie Balleste were there saying, oh God, he's serious. They're testing it. He's, they've gone out there. So this, to me, feels like Ferrari dipping a toe in with Prema to say, okay, if you work and you like it, We'll come in and we'll have a factory team there and we'll we'll give the engine suppliers. This could be huge. This is this is Europe yeah. returning to America. This is great. What about you, Jess? I think that's a step in the right direction to get potentially more people from outside the States to watch IndyCar. And I know IndyCar have done very well in getting F1 drivers into IndyCar, but now to get F2, F3 teams into IndyCar... 
it's just saying a statement that IndyCar would want to go global and that's a a great thing. I only started watching IndyCar properly this season. I watched the Indy 500 in 2022, but last season I was watching it properly and I don't know why I didn't get into yeah. it before. It was it was probably a really great season, so hopefully it's just a step in the right direction to get more people to watch what is a, a great series. And in my opinion, for most races, last season it was better than Formula 1 races. Yeah, was to me. Certainly, certainly was to me. Um, right, uh, Josh T, you've also got news on a former Prima driver in that of Frederick Vesti because he's made a new career change, hasn't he? Uh, yes, he has decided to step away from the single-seater pyramid after finishing second in uh, the 2023 FIA Formula 2 Championship and he is joining cool racing for the 2024 european le mans series and uh he will celebrate his 22nd birthday this saturday so happy birthday to vesti for that i still feel old and when you say 22 it's, that's what i am yeah. meant to. it's like i'm 25 Me i'm 25 this year it's like oh i feel a bit icky. um just to talking about as well um because jess has got the next story on this but i just wanted to mention because uh trevor carlin has uh, parted company with his racing team and has removed the famous carlin name which has been responsible for so many drivers uh getting into formula one uh rodin has now taken over full time and it's rebranded to rodin motorsports and for the faa formula three team uh a racer who's been on psgl several times and jess knows well because she broke this story to us it was now still on today uh, do you want to take this one jess yeah, certainly. And this is a very good signing for the team. So this this afternoon, it was announced that Rodin Motorsport is uh, signing Joseph Loke to join their FIA Formula 3 team for the 2024 season. Now, he was racing in the GP3 Championship, which he finished third overall following a very close year. He's just 18 years of age, and it was his rookie year in the GB3 Championship. He took his very first win of the season at Alton Park, and he really got to grips with the GB3 car very, very quickly. He also took further victories at Silverstone, Brands Hatch, and he had four wins in total that, that season. And he had eight podiums and three pole positions and that, that set him in good stead throughout the season where he finished third overall. And on top of that, he won the Aston Martin Autosport BRDC Young Driver of the Year Award, which was fierce competition, by the way. It was announced at the Autosport Awards last year. And the top prize was he gets to test an F1 car, the Aston Martin. And um, he, uh, there is a quote from Joseph Loke um, about joining the team for this season. He said, I'm so pleased to be moving to the FIA Formula 3 Championship for the upcoming season. To be given the incredible opportunity to race in such a fantastic championship with road in motorsport is something I could have only dreamed of a few months ago. So I cannot wait to get cracking and make the most of it. And then Sam uh, Wappel, I can't even say, and he is the Roden team manager. And he said... Joseph is a driver who has already done great things in his short career. He's adapted well to every car he's ever driven, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he could do behind the wheel of the F3 car. While it's going to 
be no doubt a big challenge for him. I have confidence that he will work well with the team and put everything into the upcoming year. I can't wait to start working together. And what makes it a great team is his teammate is was the GB3 champion, Callum Voison, who they had good rivalry in the past. I think, I believe Callum was in Carlin last season. Now it's obviously um, the new name, so I think I'm going to be good together. But when I saw the news on my way home from work, it's just thrilling to see another league racer who made made his way through PSGL and now is going to be racing in Formula 3. It's, he's not the first person to do this. Isaac Hajar came mm. from league racing and he's in Formula 2. Chen Bolabassi was in F1 Esports, but for him that didn't go very well. But to see, yeah, to see another league racer and, uh, alongside uh, Isaac Hadjar racing Formula 3 is, is just great to see. And it's great to see he has, has the support. He, he's, he's, he's done well as well in um, GB3. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he could do as well. And that gives me hope that more drivers in sim racing get this opportunity in the future. Like Lucas Blakely, who's raced in GB4 and has done well and got his first podium in Donington. So, yeah, great news for um, league racing and uh, another reason why F3 is so great. <laughs> I can't wait to cover F3 this year. And uh, my second time I'll be commentating on him as well because he's been in a couple of E Series races and he's even, I think, in F2 at one point. We were commentating. He was. Yeah, I yeah. commentated on him a few times as well. I thought so. So that's going to be mega. I can't wait for that. Um, that wraps up then for drivers' news is, and with it still being before the Mexico City Prix, which kicks off on Friday and the race on Saturday, it's time that we can ask uh, Jess and Josh their thoughts. So, Josh, starting with you, uh, who do you think and what do you think is going to happen uh, in Mexico City this weekend? Yeah, well, we're coming off from an amazing season nine and uh, starting season 10 and i think it has the potential to be one of the best formula e seasons that we've had ever of course we've had a lot of circuits announced and then taken off though let's just say the uh, first uh, release of the calendar uh, that's gone straight out the window but uh it's surprisingly it's uh they've made it into a pretty good calendar uh two races at Portland will definitely be in a couple of new circuits as well, which is what we like for Formula One. Please take notes. <laughs> but ah. going to predictions, it's always hard going into a first round uh, of a season. Uh, it's just getting, of course, it's stepping stones. We had the test, I think it was around 23rd of October last Yep. Yeah, uh, that was one of the dates, I'm sure of it. That might have been the starting date. Uh, 23, it's on 27, my I think. Schedule. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think we're going to have to keep an eye on multiple drivers. Uh, I will have to look at the entry list, have a little bit of a look again, but uh, definitely some drivers who were doing well last year to come through. Mm. But uh, also maybe some new faces. 
going to be so much fun, isn't it? And Jess, you'll be at uh, the London race. Josh is, might be there as well. Uh, so we're going to need a lot of commentators that weekend on one of our busiest ones with three of them ditching us. But uh, yeah, go on. You, you'll be there on Saturday, I think, for the Formula E race in London as well. Uh, are you yes. looking forward to it? Because you were with us in Berlin and... I can't remember where else last year. I know you turned up at the end I of think, London. I think, it, I think it was just Berlin. Yeah. But it was... I didn't get the ticket. It was actually a Christmas present. It was the last Christmas present. And they, my mum and dad actually wrapped it in an Amazon parcel. Oh, the cheek! So, yeah, the cheek. <laughs> and uh, they literally printed a picture of a Formula E... I think it was a Formula E car... And written, you are invited to the London E-Prix on the twentieth uh, on the twentieth of July, and I absolutely screamed. And we and apparently we got good seats, which is great, um, which which is, which is exciting, and that um, that makes me that makes me want to watch Formula E even more this season. But I think I will still will anyway because of how good it was last season, especially in Berlin. That was fantastic. Um, I think it's going to be a trip to the unknowns for some people. I'm excited to see how Nick DeFries does in his first season back as well. I think Formula E will suit him more than Formula One, not going to lie. How I'm, I'm interested to see how Jake Dennis does. Can he live up to the expectations? Can he defend his title? And my, my question is, I think he might, but it's mm. going to be tough competition maybe from Altara maybe from Nick Casty maybe Bremi as well I I I am starting to think it's going to be close to who I think is going to win the Mexican Mexico Epre but yeah. I'm going to go out on the limb I think it's going to be I'm going to go for I'm going to be bold I'm going to go for Nick Cassidy for to take the win Many people yeah. yeah, go on. What about you, Josh? Everyone keeps saying Cassidy. I've got I went for Bowemi to win and then Verline for the title. But go on. And did Ed go Dennis, I think? They did, yeah. Ed, I think yeah. Ed went Dennis, yeah. He's uh, probably screaming at right now. Actually remembered names. Uh, <laughs> keep an eye on Sam Bird, who has gone over to McLaren. That's definitely gonna be interesting. Oh, I didn't think of him! Jehan Deruvula as well at Maserati. That's oh, yeah. that's gonna be interesting to keep an eye on, as well. But as you said, Nick DeFries didn't have the best Formula One career. Let's be honest, might have been let off a little bit dirty. But again, we won't Touch. talk about that. Yeah. Nah. Uh, but, uh, keep an eye on Jake Dennis. He's been on form. Of course, got the title last year. Can he do it? It's going to be a big, big season and it all kicks off on Friday and Saturday. We'll be live for all the coverage on JB Motorsports' YouTube and Twitch page as well. And it'll be myself, Ed Hunter and Alan Lemridge on the call for qualifying and the race. Uh, still got practice rooms if everybody wants to hop in tomorrow night and Saturday morning. We've got literally no one on the, on the board for that. So anybody's welcome. That's in the team. Just looking at these two down here. Josh putting his hand up now slowly as well. Uh, if you can't see it because you'll be listening to us on the podcast uh just time to say thank you very much to jess and to josh for spending an hour with me a little bit longer actually uh, up here in the uh podcast room and a thanks to all of you for watching and listening in and if you do enjoy all our content here on jb motorsports be sure to like and subscribe and to follow us across all of our platforms now literally we've expanded more than ever every single social media we've got something on now as well so you can go check us all 
all out uh, on Twitch. It's JB Motorsports Twitch on YouTube. It's JB Motorsports on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon Music. You can watch us the JB Motorsports podcast, and of course, you can find us on Instagram at JB Motorsports IG and on X or Twitter, whatever you like to call it, at JB Motorsports X and on TikTok at JB Motorsport. So they're all there, ready to go. My thanks to you, Jess. My thanks to you, Josh. Have a great rest of your night and we'll be back to, hopefully, our next planned podcast, which is to review the Mexico City E-Prix following the race. Hopefully nothing happens and we have to record another one. But that's what this podcast is for. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to us. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.